Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 739. The bold might not live forever, but the cautious don't live at all. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am so revved up and excited today to introduce today's very special guest, Titan Gilroy. Hey, Titan, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Ooh, ready for blast off, Mark. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. This is a thrill. Titan Gilroy is the CEO of Titan America Manufacturing. It's an elite aerospace CNC machine shop in Northern California. You'll recognize him as the executive producer and star of the television series, Titans of CNC. The show is a platform to engage a new generation of machinists, inventors, and builders. Titan pioneered the largest free CNC educational platform dedicated to training and inspiring students, educators, and shop owners from around the world. Titan's background is one of great challenge and despair. He grew up in a broken home filled with violence, and he landed himself in prison. Fighting his way back through the sport of boxing, he became a skilled boxer and then eventually landing in the CNC machine business where he is today. Titan is inspiring thousands of people. Titan, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about your amazing story. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your career, your business, and of course, your passion for inspiring others? Well, thank you, Mark. When I, when I look at my life, and I look at where I've been, it's truly a, an amazing journey. It's a miracle, you know, going from homelessness to building parts for SpaceX that actually go to the space station. And now we're making rocket parts that are going to Mars. And it's an incredible journey. We've got the TV show jumping off on Monday. You know, I think that, you know, I've tasted and touched so much in life. I know what it is to be homeless. I know what it is to lose your marriage. I know what it is to be in prison, to not have any hope, to think your life is done. I've sat in boardroom meetings with billionaires. I've fixed problems for huge companies, produced my own TV show now for three seasons. And uh, and I'm excited because it just keeps going up and up and up. And I feel like if, if you can't inspire people, if you can't help change people's lives, then what's it all for? So I'm excited to be on your podcast and uh, uh, let's do it. Let's do it. This is such an incredible story. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of a saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah or the CNC machine drill bit spinning. So Titan, take the wheel. Actually, one of my favorite quotes, and I have it up on my wall, is that the bold might not live forever, but the cautious don't live at all. Mm. And that's a quote by Richard Branson. It just shows me, I mean, that's how I live my life. I'm like, I might not succeed. I might not, you know, overcome every obstacle, but I'm going to fight every day trying. I'm going to go after the goal. I'm going to go after the vision. And uh, sometimes I'm walking through darkness and I don't know where to step and I just keep stepping forward mm -hmm. and, and I always come out. And I think that's a lesson for life that you just got to keep moving forward, upwards and onwards and uh, life starts happening and, you know, you got to go after a great life. Yeah, absolutely. You know, 
I want to touch on this a little bit more because I think it is so important what you've done and what you're doing with your life. Being bold. Now, you could go back into your life and talk about you were bold when you were fighting a lot of the streets and getting yourself in trouble and all this, but more so, you made a decision with your life to be bold and go places where people that came from your background maybe can't even see. So how, coming from the background that you came from, how did you envision that forward motion and get that boldness to step out of where you were and step into where you are now? You know, I think life has a way of taking you on a journey that you could have never even comprehended. Faith is a huge part of my life. And I've always, ever since before I even understood what it was all about when I was a kid and I was on the streets and I was fighting, you know, I used to get beaten and beaten and beaten. And sooner sooner or later, I started fighting back and then I became known as a great fighter. And and it's the only thing I was good at. I was in, I was good at art behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, I would draw paintings and be creative and stuff, but I, I just got this talent for fighting. And then I met a trainer that actually took George Foreman to the heavyweight championship named Dick Sadler out of Hayward, California. And he actually brought me from Hawaii and gave me an opportunity to become a boxer. Mm. Even though I was from Maui and I was from a small town, I truly believed there was something in me. I had it in me to believe I could be the best and be the biggest boxer of all time. When I went into prison, I was sitting in prison and I truly felt something was wrong that I was in the wrong place, you know, and mm-hmm. I think in in that wrong place, I was bold. I was a leader. I stepped up, you know, I went against anybody that came, you know, and that was in such a negative place mm, yeah. coming out of prison today. I tell kids, I'm the exact same person. I have the same gifts of leadership. I have the same gifts of boldness and fearlessness. And I, But when I used to do it on the streets, now I do it in a boardroom meeting. Now I <laughs> yeah. do it in a machine shop and, and stuff. And it's the same thing. But, you know, because I stepped on a positive path, the doors just keep opening. And uh, it's been great. You know, I love this message so much because taking a pivot with what you're strong at in a bad way, and you can see the vision of using that in a great way. And and that's what is really marvelous to me of how you've been able to twist that and pivot and transform that and then help other people see it as well. So very, very inspirational. I know we talked a little bit in the pre-show chat about cars. You're, you love cars, but you're not a super diehard car guy like a lot of my guests. However, I know you have a very cool truck. You've had some neat cars, but let's go back in time and talk about a pivotal moment when you realized that Let's say you do like mechanical things because what you're doing now is you're creating. I mean, think about this. You blew me away and you said you're creating parts that go to are going to Mars, that go to the space station. So tell us about that pivotal moment in your life when you realize, you know what, I'm a I'm a guy that loves mechanical things and stuff. You know what, Mark, I believe I have a new respect for when they say when they talk about heritage, when we talk about heritage, when we say that it's in your blood. I grew up in Maui on an island with pineapples and, and fighting with Tongans and Samoans and Filipinos, who, who are all my family now, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a brother. I didn't have a dad. I didn't have anybody to, like, we hitchhiked everywhere, right, just to get to the doctor's office or something, mm-hmm. right? But when I stepped into my own machine shop, and I owned my own machine shop, and I met my grandmother, and I started meeting my family for the first time, 
And, you know, I own my own machine shop. I already knew I had the gift for to be mechanical, to make things. And then I found out that my grandfather on my mom's side was a foreman at Boeing in Washington. And my, oh, wow. you know, for, he was for the machine shop. Yeah. And then on my dad's side, my dad's father was a machinist for Chrysler in Detroit. No in way. Ohio. This is incredible. Yeah, so then I grew up in Hawaii not understanding anything, and yet I walked into a CNC machine shop wanting to get away from my past at $9 an hour. They put me in front of a CNC machine, and my head clicked. Yeah. And very humbly, very humbly, today I have my show. I've done a lot in, you know, it's the only show on CNC machining. We're fighting for American jobs. Nobody's ever done that in this industry. You know, I make parts that go to Mars, like crazy titanium and ink and parts. I've never seen anybody with that talent to do what I've done and my team. And yet I look at my grandfathers and I'm like, you know, it just really made me understand I was part of something bigger. Wow. And that's really where my love for this country came, knowing that I was part of something much bigger and great. Yeah. You know, this is incredible that I, I hear from a lot of my guests who are diehard car people that they have oil, motor oil running through their veins because it's just a DNA thing. And the fact that you discovered later in life there was some DNA about machining and fabrication and cre creativity is absolutely outstanding. So maybe there is something to this DNA chain that we all have in our hearts. You know, this next question I have for you, Titan, we could talk or make an entire show about this, but it has to do with looking down some of the roads you traveled and sharing a big challenge or a big failure. Oh my gosh, I think you know where we're going here. But I would love for you to talk about one of the many big challenges you faced or a huge failure that you faced. But of course, the most important part of this question is how did you overcome that? How did you come out of it? That's your life story, really. So take us to one of those really painful times, walk us through it, and tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum in your career and your business. Well, I think if I could just, there's been a million painful experiences in my life, which qualifies me to speak to others who are going through the same things, right? When I was 22 years old, I'd overcome a lot. I had the greatest men and women behind boxing saying that this kid's going to be the next heavyweight champion of the world. You know, I had a contract in hand by top-ranked boxing, and, and I went back home, and I actually went to a nightclub, and, and it had been years before since I had, like, drank and did got around that old kind of mentality that I grew up with. And I just was put myself in the wrong place at the wrong time, and fights broke out, and, you know, I hit somebody, and, you know, it wasn't... I didn't intend to do harm, and yet, because I had seen it done a million times, and yet when the, the gentleman went back and hit his head, you know, it caused severe damage, and, and I got 16 years in prison. Oh. And, oh. and being, in locked, being in a lockdown cell, you know, when I went in prison, I was angry, and when people came against me, I did the same thing. They ended up putting me, you know, in lockdown, separated from population, and and I just, I knew my life was over. I knew I was never going to get out. I knew that there was no going forward because I understood that. I understood myself. I understood my anger. I understood, you know, just the type of person I was. And I could never, I had 16 years, mm. you know. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, I started, I started like drawing and doing cards later, later on as I went through the system and, you know, doing art and getting into different things. And one of the pivotal um, moments was, I actually went on to a pine line, and when I got down from maximum security to medium security to minimum security, 
I qualified for a pine line where all day long I picked pineapples and they actually paid us and which paid for our incarceration and gave us a little bit of spending money mm-hmm. when we started getting out on our passes and stuff. And it really taught me how to work. It was the first job where I worked hard. Mm. When I got out of prison, you know, I started fighting again and, and I just couldn't stop fighting on the streets. And one day I just, I quit everything after winning my last fight by knockout. I quit everything, moved to California, walked into a CNC machine shop for nine bucks an hour, as I said previously, and my head clicked. And you know what? You know what was the pivotal thing? What's that? It was something, it was like a whole world opened up to me that I didn't even know existed. Mm. In a machine shop, now I'm I'm machining, I'm making parts, I'm gaining confidence every time I make something and they're like, oh man, you did this so fast, you did it so good. And every time I, I improved, I actually made the owner money yeah. and it got him excited about this kid that was like making all these parts and making him money. So he paid me money and my head clicked and it just all made sense. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and that's what I'm doing in the prison system now is, is showing these guys that there's a better way. There's a whole world that you guys don't even understand. And we're going to pull back those curtains and we're going to show you that world so you can leave your past behind you. Wow, really cool. Well, you know, this is a nice segue into my next question. And it has to do with an aha moment in your career. And you may have a different one, but I'd like to talk a little bit about what happened in your mind when you finally decided, I've got to leave Hawaii. I've got to leave this environment, go somewhere new, find something better. What was that aha for for you that allowed you to to leave? Because it sounded like you were on a good path and then you went right back to that old cycle again. But something happened that caused you to take the bigger step. Well, I think that, boxing for me in particular it was almost like there was no way when you're a kid everybody loves hawaii but what people don't understand about hawaii is is an 87 percent recidivism rate so they build prisons in california and in in different actually in arizona and different places just to house hawaii prisoners because there's no manufacturing jobs Mm. you know there's a huge drug problem and and there's uh, not everybody can be in the tourist industry right right Right. so the the people that i was hanging out with were the guys that were doing bad things and you know boxing even though it was a you know sport where you're fighting it actually got me off the island, got me over to Hayward. I was fighting out of Oakland and gave me an opportunity. Hmm. And then top rank actually coming out of prison, they actually gave me a contract and, you know, basically told the parole board, this kid has a shot, you know? So it really like, that was the pivotal thing that actually got me off the island, Mm -hmm. got me away from my old, you know, negative, you know, friends and experiences and stuff. And then, you know, walking into the machine shop for the first time, it just, it was the opportunity of a lifetime. Yeah. I didn't care it was $9 an hour. I just wanted a normal life. <laughs> I just wanted a chance at the American dream. And yeah. it just took off from there. Well, you're, as far as an aha moment, a big aha moment in your career, is there one you could share with us where those, those lights kind of illuminated away and you went, oh man, this is my path? Well, you know, I think one of the biggest aha moments came when, I had ran a company, my first company, for four years, and um, it was Zanola Manufacturing in the Bay Area, and they basically were the greatest family, greatest company, you know, and uh, I learned everything there, and I journeyed off, and I I wanted to work at different machine shops, and, and so I moved up by Sacramento, and I started working at different machine shops, and I couldn't fit in. 
like I couldn't fit in. People were like, oh, you run too fast. You're too aggressive. You're dangerous. You're, you're this, you're that, because I was different. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then I, I ended up working at two different companies and helped the owner of one build the company. We put up walls, we ran electrical, we brought in machines, we made millions of dollars. And, and then basically there was just a falling out where so much money started coming in on contracts that he didn't need a program anymore. And basically we separated and I walked away with nothing after like truly feeling like, you know, I had built this company and right. it was half mine, right? Yeah, yeah. I walked away with nothing and I just felt like it was such a negative. I walked into another company. I helped build and make millions for another company. I had a contract saying that he was going to retire after four years. I was going to run the shop. It would be, you know, his name, but my company and I'd right. send him a check, yeah, right? Yeah. And he found a buyer for the company. Uh, so yeah. over the stretch of, you know, six years, complete failure. I had zero money in my pocket. I contacted the biggest company that sells CNC machines. I told them I wanted to you know, quote out four machines for $300,000. I was living in an apartment. They were like, you know, they were like denied. Yeah, you know? how are you going to pay us back, truly, kid? Yeah. yeah, I truly believed that I could do it. Like, I truly believed that it was my destiny to have my own shop. Mm-hmm. And then I had this older gentleman who used to own his own shop that worked on my night shift at the last company came to me and offered me $50,000. And, you know, I told him I'd triple his money in a year. And he, you know, ended up refinancing his house and taking out another 75 to invest in me. And at that moment where I was like, should I do it? Should I not? I had that company, Haas Automation and Subway Machine Tool, actually, you know, huge company that distributes all across the Bay, the the West Coast, they actually came to me and said, Titan, because of your unique name, we saw you in a pile of denials. So the owner of Selway Machine Tool, this guy, Bill Selway, mm-hmm. I call him like the godfather, right? Because <laughs> he just makes things happen. But he's like, you know, Titan, what's your plan? I told him what my plan was. And he said, you know what? I've never seen anybody do what you've done in the industry as far as machining. I haven't done this in nine years, but I'm going to co-sign your loan personally. Wow. Tell me where to drop off the machines. Oh, my gosh. And, and then the the building person didn't ask me for my credit because my credit was horrible. And, and I just, I ended up getting my own shop. And yeah. I, I slept there day and night. And that was my moment that my whole life changed because it, it all changed from that moment, taking those chances and going after it. Holy cow, listeners out there, if you think you can't do something, listen to this story because you can. It's possible. Hard work, effort, tenacity, perseverance, you can do it. Wonderful story, Titan. Fantastic. I would just... Can I say one thing? Of course. Years later, years later, three years later, I was making a million dollars a month. (laughs) I had 55 employees. I was making crazy parts for the undersea world, big robotic arms made out of titanium for these ROVs, remote operated vehicles mm-hmm. that go to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. I looked at my shop. I stood in my shop and I looked at just 20 CNCs and 30,000 square feet and all the stuff happening. And I looked back at the two companies that had mistreated, that I felt were failures and had mistreated me. Right. And I realized that was my college. Yes. That was, if <laughs> yeah. I hadn't gone through that, I would never yeah. be able to do what I was doing there. And I was, I, ever since I've been so thankful to both those gentlemen for, you know, taking me, you know, what I thought was a negative just became the biggest positive. Right. And I wouldn't be talking to you today if 
I didn't have those experiences. You know, I'm glad you added that because so many times when we feel we've been mistreated by an employer, you need to take a step back sometimes and say, you know what? What was the positive out of that experience? Because I did gain some positive experiences there. So I'm I'm so glad you added that. Now, you've had so many proud business moments, but is there one in particular you could share with me? We're talking about trials and tribulations, right? And going yes. through hardships and being qualified because of what you went through, right? Mm-hmm. Those ex- very experiences. Yes. Let me tell you, let me tell you like a pivotal time in my life again. And that is after going through 08 and almost losing my shop because the whole economy collapsed. Yes. I barely scraped through. I laid out, I had to lay off 40 employees. Mm. I realized it. 50, 60,000 companies had, had gone out of business and, and people were losing their livelihoods. And it was just the toughest thing ever. I barely squeaked through. I saved my company. At the time that I saved my company, the weirdest thing happened. The parole board from Pennsylvania asked me to speak at this huge conference. I went and I spoke at the conference. I had lines of people in tears after they listened to me. I came back to my shop Having, having done so much, I had no goals and vision. I wasn't like loving where I was at. And I just knew there had to be something more. Mm-hmm. The phone rang. I picked up the phone and the guy said, this is Chad from the discovery channel. <laughs> and I instantly said, Oh, you call in the guy who went from homelessness to prison, to boxing, to building the greatest American job shop. And he's like, no. <laughs> I just need a part. And he just he just randomly picked me, you know, and wow. I was just like, yeah. But instantly, <laughs> instantly, I saw that I wasn't that outgoing guy that said, hey, I want to go speak. If people asked me to go speak, I would go do it. Right. I always felt there was something greater for my life and that I was going to do something. But I didn't know how I would do it because I actually was a pretty shy person, yeah. but not in my element. So instantly I realized if you put me in my element, machining parts, you put a camera on me, that puts millions of people that, that I don't actually talk to on the back end of that camera because of the TV show. Right. And we can pull back the curtains and actually show that all these companies lost their work because they're at a certain level. They're at a certain level. But if we raise that level from 30 to, say, 60%, they'd all keep that work. And that's been my big thing is diving into education, diving into CNC machining, diving into everything to help lift the entire trade up. And now I'm on your show and we've got our third season jumping off on Monday and it's, it's exciting. It is very exciting. And we'll talk about it in a minute, but I wanted to remind the listeners. Yeah. Third season starts on Monday. Where can our listeners find your show? So listeners can find the show on MAV TV, the Motorsports Network. Mm -hmm. It's on Monday, April 3rd, and it's uh, 9 p.m. Pacific time and Eastern time. And it uh, it plays a few times at night. So if you can't hit one, just press your DVR or catch the next release. And, And then it's every week for 10 weeks and... And it's uh it's going to be powerful. It's yeah. super inspiring. Absolutely. And I'll remind our listeners, too, that uh, the programming director at MAV-TV, Jason Pattison, was a past guest here on Cars Yeah just a few months ago. I know you guys are buddies, and uh, he was a great guest. So those listeners out there can go back and listen to his show as well. Let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time. Now, you grew up in a family. You had to hitchhike to the doctor's office. Oh, my gosh. 
But at one point when you turn things around and you could afford to start to purchase your own vehicles, tell us about your first really special car and maybe share a memory with that vehicle. I'm all about American muscle and American cars and, and everything. But I have to tell you, I went to the dark side a little bit. <laughs> and when I had my machine shop and I was making a lot of money, I went out down to BMW and I think I had, you know, torn tennis shoes and, and ripped jeans. And I walked onto the floor and I saw an M6 Ooh. BMW and, uh, yeah, it was convertible. It was awesome. My wife loved it and I jumped in and drove it off the lot and, <laughs> You know, it was just it was just one of those things where yeah. it really showed me where I'd come in life from mm-hmm. wanting to figure out how I could buy myself or build myself a bicycle to being able to buy a car, yeah. you know, that costs $130,000, 140000 And that was awesome. You know, now I have a huge truck, a big old Chevy diesel, and uh, I just put a Ford single axle on it, and it's got 40s on it, and it's all jacked up, and uh, it's on the show. And yeah. I love the truck, and it's all good. You know, you know, something else is cool is that I'm on a TV show and as an adult who does respect and love cars and trucks and I get to go on rock crawlers and I get to go to, you know, we do rock crawling up in Hawaii. We go to, you know, I get to go to Coletta Motorsports and deal with Connie Coletta and, and hear about all the drag racing and help solve problems. I yeah. worked with Carl Renazetter and his race trucks and, you know, motorcycles. So I'm seeing... You know, it's cool because all walks of racing love guys like me because we can make anything out of titanium, out of crazy metals, and that helps them win races. Yeah, this is such a great story. Well, don't don't feel too bad, Titan, the dark side. I've been on the dark side for a long time. (laughs) I love BMWs. I love Porsches. And uh, I love anything that rolls on rubber is what I like to say. It sounds like, well, I know those cars are M cars. I've had M3s. They're awesome cars. How about Seller's Remorse? Is there a vehicle you've owned that you've let go that you really wish you had back in your garage? You know, not really. I'm one of those guys that, you know, although I respect the past, I kind of keep moving forward and and everything. But right now, like with my truck, Mm -hmm. you know, it's an 08, but I just keep fixing it up. I keep fixing it up. And although I could afford a new one, I'm not buying a new one because I just, I love my truck. Yeah. You know, your truck's awesome. (laughs) That thing's a beast. So. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not one of those guys that has 30 cars in his garage or even, you know, 10 or 5. Right now, I love my truck. I yeah. drive my truck and 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 that's it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow what has you really excited and fired up right now. I know you're involved in so many things. And as a reminder again, Titans of CNC television show starting its third season this Monday, Mav TV. Fantastic show, inspirational show. You can go back and watch all the past episodes on his website and on YouTube. But what has you really excited and fired up today about the future? Well, I think the future is unknown, you know, but I've put myself in an incredible position, my team in an incredible position, because this third season, it's not, it's not a TV show like anybody's ever done. What Mav TV has done is Mav TV basically gave me full creativity to produce the show that I wanted to produce. Mm. And I really, this year I dedicated it to all builders, guys in their garage, kids that want to go to school and learn industrial design and CNC machining, teachers, and, and just everybody out in the workforce in the trenches. 
you know, and, and this, this season right here, you know, it really touches all walks of life. So we go through the show and we touch and we go to awesome companies, Roush Yates and you know, different race companies and stuff. But there's right. a segment that has me truly excited. And that is that every episode, there's a segment about San Quentin prison. Mm. So the state of California asked me for my help. Mm-hmm. And I actually went in and I took a machine shop that was in chains for two years. A huge shop with old machines that had been seized up that weren't working. And it was just collecting dust. And over the episode, we break through the chains. We we take out the older machines. We actually, you know, renew some of them and put them in different, you know, other facilities and stuff. But basically, I design and build the craziest machine shop any prison has ever seen. Mm. Did it on a budget. I had a lot of people volunteer free computers and free machines and free this and free that. But we built this incredible shop. In the same time, we as we threw out old technology, we got rid of old ideas and habits from the men who were incarcerated. Mm-hmm. And, and through the whole process, I mentored these men and show them the the light, really, and, and and bring hope. So by the end of the season of 10 episodes, you see these guys in a new shop that's painted bright white. They're running. They're on the computers. They're making parts. They're gaining confidence. They're getting out of prison, which they were getting out. Before I stepped in, they were going to a homeless shelter with 200 bucks. Yeah. Now they're coming out with skills. And and nobody's ever seen anything like it. So that's what I'm excited about because I know that there's going to be opportunities off of that to expand it into schools all across the nation, prisons, everything, and just change the game of what how rehabilitation and education is taught. What an awesome, awesome direction you've taken this into. And I don't think there's anybody out there that doesn't agree. The best thing we can do for people who are coming out of prison is put them to work, give them the hopes and the skills so when they get out, they can go do something instead of falling back into those old uh, habits and and lifestyles they have. So really excited, cannot wait for this next season. Very, very cool. And I'll remind our listeners, I'll put links to where you can find Titans of C&C on Titans show notes page and the Carshow website. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Titan. If you were a car or a truck... What would you be and why? And this isn't about what you want to be. This is how you perceive yourself manifested into that vehicle. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of reflectivity here. (laughs) You know, I had to think about that. So I think I'd be a rock crawler. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. You know, (laughs) yeah. You know, just, just big and beefy and able to like go over the terrain and when obstacles and walls come before you, you can just crawl right up them and over and go on to new heights. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I love rock crawling. I've had, you know, it's, it's something I have a passion for. I have a bunch of friends that have rock crawlers and uh, making some parts for them and stuff. And, but rock crawling, love it. You answered that question perfectly. Thank you for putting some thought into that. Well, tighten up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation 
for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Okay, Titan, we are back and we're entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Best automotive advice? Yes. Don't run out of gas. <laughs> yes. Been there, done that. Oh, my gosh. I've got a funny story, but I, I won't bore you with it. Would you share <laughs> what? Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has really contributed to your success over the years? Well, I think when it comes to automotive, when it comes to cars, when it comes to machinery, everything. I'm in the world of precision CNC machinery, so mm -hmm. I believe in taking care of your tools, taking care of your your machines, you know, and and really putting in the maintenance, you know, and having respect for for what you use every single day. So I think that that's something that we all could do a little bit better at. Mm -hmm. My shop, I like it clean. I like it dialed. I like the machines wiped down. Yeah. I like the cars. You know, I don't like, you know, dirty cars or dirty engines. You know, I like everything nice and yeah. neat and perfect. And, and it exudes that excellence and greatness that I'm about. You know, and it, the great thing about that, too, I believe, is it helps your employees and your associates have more pride in what they're doing. You know, there's a reason why when you go into the military, they make you or teach you how to make your bed every morning. They teach you how to put your footlocker away and polish everything shiny. There's some honor and some respect that is gleaned from that. So I, I kind of figured you were that kind of guy. Can I say something on that? When you teach people about excellence, when you teach them to take pride in their work, you know, it really carries over where they start taking pride in their family. They start taking pride in their house. They mm. take pride in their kids. Yes. It's something, you know, it, you do it in the military, but it's really about who you become mm -hmm. and how you treat 
everything and everyone around you. So I yeah. think that it's something we need to do with our kids right from the beginning when they just first, first start doing talking, you know, moving around and stuff. So, yeah, you know, I, I always kind of groaned and moaned, but every morning my mom made me get up and make my bed first thing. And now looking back, I realized what she was up to. I thought she was just being a pain, a pain, but uh, there was a lesson being taught there. So absolutely. Absolutely. How about a resource? Uh, there's lots of great resources these days. Mav TV would be one. Your show would be another. But is there a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, Mark, you know, I'm in the world of CNC machining. And for those that don't know, CNC machining is computer numerical control. Mm-hmm. So one of my one of my great partners, and I, I ran their machines for 20 years before they became a partner, is Haas Automation. Mm-hmm. It's a company that I respect greatly. They billion-dollar company in Oxnard, California, that make all their machines right in California. And on their website, they have a lot of really cool videos just like I have a lot of cool videos and they have different tips and tricks and resources and stuff. So when you're a racer out there and you dream about getting, you know, making your own parts, you can go on there, you can check out the machines, you can check out the videos and, and get inspired. And one day maybe grab a machine for $20,000 at an entry level and, and start building your own parts and yeah. stuff. So, you know, getting to know Haas, I think is a great resource. Uh, yeah, they're an amazing company. I mean, just a American dream company and yeah, fantastic, awesome resource. Now, if you can have a drink with anyone in the automotive field or industry or the machining industry, we'll add that living or deceased, who would it be? How about, can I, can I add rocket company? Of course, of course. <laughs> Rockets are cool. I was, <laughs> I would say Elon Musk. Ooh, wouldn't that be fun? I'd say Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm one of his, I'm one of his top shops. I do have some incredible parts for him and I usually, you know, talk to people right under him when we're solving problems and trying to get, you know, a $200 part that you can't buy at Home Depot and put it on this rocket so it can blast off, right? But <laughs> it would be awesome just sit down, talk to a guy yeah. who, you know, basically sat in his convertible after selling PayPal, looked up at the stars and just was like, you know what? Nobody's planning anything tomorrow. So I'm going to take $100 million, I'm going to invest it, build a rocket company, and we're going to do it. Yeah, I and know. Yeah, I know. That is, that is boldness. <laughs> That's no, bold, no. baby. That's bold. Yeah, I, I. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah. he's he's one of my my guys that I feel that you know he doesn't he doesn't take no for an answer and he goes after it and now he has Tesla Motors, he has SpaceX, he has different things and yeah, you know, cutting edge. Well, and you think of all the people he's employing, it's just absolutely phenomenal. So he's a great example of people that make a lot of money and they don't just stuff it in their mattress. They go out and they reinvest in. The world, and that's what he's done. So I think that would be a great person to have a drink with for sure. I'll Absolutely. see. If, I'll see if I can set that up for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you if you had a hundred million dollars, if you had a billion dollars, what is money? I mean, if you really think about it, what is money? Life is about challenges. It's about doing stuff. So I respect those that go after it and 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 go after accomplishing things, knowing that they could fail and lose everything. Yeah. You know, it's about the challenge. It is. You know? Money is simply another tool to do great things with. Absolutely. How about a book? Is there a book you've read that you could share with our listeners that you found really enjoyable? So, Mark, one thing that I like is I actually like books on business. Mm, me too. I don't know. You know, being being a CEO, being, you know, the, the head guy of my company. And, you know, I get to talk to other CEOs and I get to talk to to other people, but on a daily basis, I don't really interact with other guys either on my level or above my level. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, I dive into books and I love the book Winning by Jack Welch. Yes. I love, I, I read a book recently uh, called The Third Wave. It was an amazing book and it actually taught, it talked about how the whole world's going to the internet. And, you know, now it's a wave of like, you know, all information is basically coming from the internet. And when I designed my curriculum and I just did my new website for Titans of CNC Academy, it's a free academy online. It really inspired me because I felt like I, I have something that nobody else has. Nobody's ever done it before. Mm-hmm. Free CNC training online for all students and machinists and hobbyists. And mm. and that book inspired me because it was like, find something on the web that nobody's done and you'll be successful. And it was great. Great inspiration. Yeah, I appreciate you offering those as some examples. I love business books as well. And I'll remind our listeners, you can find links to all these awesome resources that Titan has been so kind to share on his show notes page at carsyad.com slash Titan Gilroy, or just type Titan into the search bar and that page will pop up. And there's another great place on the website called Guest Recommended Books, where these books and books recommended by the past 738 guests here on Cars Yeah are listed. I've got it set up so it's very easy for you to just click and buy. Wonderful resources. Keep on learning. All right, Titan, we are up to the last question of the checkered flag, as I like to call it. And this this question could be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you any one cool collector car in the world, something very special, something that you'll keep in the garage, take out on a sunny day there and enjoy. If you could pick any car that you could have, what would it be and why? You know, Mark, I'm all about muscle cars, but (laughs) I think that Chevelle SS, (laughs) the convertible, I mean, that's a sexy car. That's an awesome, powerful beast of a car. And, uh, you know, I have some good memories. I, I knew somebody that had the exact same car, and I always thought, like, when I get an opportunity, that'd be the car that I want to buy. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, those Chevelles, now, there's a lot of different versions of those Chevelles, but I'm kind of thinking that you probably want one from the uh, late 60s, early 70s, something with a big block in it that just makes some noise Absolutely. and goes really makes fast. Some noise. Yeah. A beast, right? A beast. American muscle. Absolutely, baby. What what color would you like that Chevelle in? I gotta make sure I get you the right one. You know, it's so good. It's um it's blue. Oh yeah. I'll get a blue one. And you know why? Can I tell you a quick little story? Like a tiny little story. Yeah, please do. Okay. I was homeless in McKenna Maui on the beach. All the guys were running up the beach. I was probably in like the third grade, right? And I remember like walk, and there was that exact car, blue, Ooh. beautiful, stuck in the sand. And all these homeless guys was helping this kid. He must have been like 20 years old. Get the car out of the sand. And he literally was like in tears. I was a little kid watching this whole thing take place. Later on that night, that same car came. The guy brought out a barbecue and actually cooked steaks for all the guys who were homeless, which was me and my mom and different people and stuff. Oh, wow. And I always remember it. That's why I said that car, because I always remember that car. I remember that guy. And it was the first taste of, like, seeing something that was so beautiful and so awesome. Yeah. Where I was, I, I really saw the difference of where I was compared to where somebody else was in life you wow know? what a story oh. you know and yeah, crazy. so nice of that guy too to uh you know respect people because a lot of people just go oh, thanks a lot see you bye drive away and yep, that'd be the end exactly. of it but to come back and and offer that there, there's yeah well I, I appreciate you sharing that there's a 
a blue metallic windward blue that they built those cars mm-hmm. in that I think is the color I'm oh, going to yeah. have to find for you. So uh, yeah, we're yeah, going to yeah. go find you a windward blue Chevelle SS with a big block for Titan to uh, race down the streets in. So good. You know, you know, I mentioned I mentioned that story. Yeah. On one of my on my first season, I went to a homeless shelter, and we actually gave a car to this homeless shelter. And, wow. and I and I said a little bit about the story. And you know what is awesome is I just had all these letters coming in talking about it and showing me pictures of their cars and you know their blue convertible, yeah. you know Chevelles and stuff. And I was just I got such a good kick out of uh, it. You know? What a nice story, yeah. you know, sharing stories. And that's yeah. what you've been so nice to do with me today, Titan. You have taken me on an awesome ride. It's been an honor to get to talk with. With you and I've really enjoyed learning more about your personal life and where you came from and how you've gotten to where you are. I want to thank you for sharing your incredible journey with the Car Show listeners. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance as you right before you rip off into the sunset and in that Chevelle SS convertible? I think that if I could just say one thing, I would say that so many of us go through hardship. And we kind of get ruined from that hardship. And we, we, we might have had addictions or failed marriages or, or lost jobs or, or different things, right? And we go mm-hmm. through these incredible hard times, even going through prison, right? Mm-hmm. And you can, you can come away from it. You can look back at it and always carry these chains and, and have it weigh you down. Or you can cut those chains. You can look at it, you know, from a different point of view and say, you know what? That was me then. This is me now. I'm going to take all of that and I'm going to understand that it qualifies me. I'm qualified. I'm greater because of it. Hmm. And I'm going to help others that are going through the exact same thing that I went through because I'm uniquely qualified because of my experiences. And I'm going to move up and I'm going to help lift people up. I'm going to serve people and I, I think that's what life is about. So uh, many people get down on their circumstances, but yeah. you need to lift people up and you need to understand that what you went through is for a reason. Wow. And even if you would don't want to do it again and you don't, you kind of regret it in a way, like you got to take it and make good from it. Wow. What an inspiration. Very, very well said. And I'm sure taken to heart by many of the Cars Yow listeners out there. What's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and learn more about what you're doing? I think one of the best ways is, uh, like, I'm on Facebook, Titans of CNC. Instagram, Titans of CNC. Uh, YouTube, Titans of CNC. And just checking out my site and my new academy that is Titans of CNC Academy. And uh, basically, you can go on there. You can watch all the videos. You can watch the shows, everything. Wow. And, uh, yeah, just... Just keep telling people about it because uh, we're doing incredible things. And I believe if people watch it, they'll be inspired. We just got to get the word out. Most definitely. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Titan has shared today on his show notes page at CarsYeah.com. Just type Titan. He's the only Titan here on CarsYeah. So type that in the search bar. His page will pop up. I would encourage you to follow along with what this gentleman is doing. He is a true inspiration. I'm very honored to have you on the show today, Titan, and I want to thank you again for being so generous with your time and your expertise and for sharing your amazing story. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Well, Mark, thank you very much, and uh, thank you for what you're doing, inspiring everybody out there, and uh, keep up the good work. I'll do that with you in mind. Thanks so much. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents 
who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Cars Yeah!